It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's going on, Clipper people? It is me, William the Opinion Updike. And I am Positive Chuck Mockler. And we're your friendly neighborhood Clippers podcast. Just a couple of best friends, Clipper credential media folks who bring you locked on Clippers every week before Christmas. Technically true, but on the whole, five days a week, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m., make us your first listen, kill some windshield time. And let's take a look at this potentially pesky matchup against the Spurs. Definitely, definitely kicking things off. We are going to be talking about that matchup. We'll dig into a little bit of what we need to do well to beat the Spurs as well as what could go wrong. Uh, A little bit of a close game last time we played them. They absolutely destroyed us in transition. (laughs) Uh, But we'll get into all of that. And then in segment two, it's the Freshies. Look, every single Monday, Chuck and I like to talk about the newer guys to the squad. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk a little bit more uh, about Bledsoe and his role being shifted to the bench, kind of how that's how that's positively affected him. We're also going to talk about sort of the implications of the Hartenstein ankle thing. If this Ooh. ends up being sort of a longer term or nagging kind of injury. Yeah, not good. And we'll also check in on Justice Winslow, who despite missing a couple of free throws, did have one of his best games as a Clipper Absolutely. there in Oklahoma City. And then in segment three, right, everybody's <laughs> favorite recurring bits. We got the Luke Kennard progress report for you. Yep. Uh, you know, quick preview. He's crushing it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we'll also have Terrence Mann's Vork Watch. Every week, we just kind of like to check in where Terrence is at and how he compares to a league average replacement player. Mm-hmm. So all that and more coming up right about now. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes. So we're going to talk briefly about the uh, tough situation on Saturday and then preview this Clips for Spurs game. But we got to let you know this episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Check out prizepicks.com. Use promo code NBA or go to your NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. So Saturday night in Oklahoma City, the Clippers lost on a Shea buzzer beater. Yeah, which happy he, for him. He's growing up. Yeah, he's growing up so well. Um, Winslow, we're going to talk about this later. He clanked two free throws right before this. Yep. A lot of the blame was kind of put on him, but I'm going to be honest, it's not his fault. He was on the floor. It's wink, true. wink, nudge, nudge. It's Ty true. Lue. Um, we got killed in rebounds and in the paint, which is what we said <laughs> might happen. Hart took a knock on his ankle, which I actually think is maybe the biggest takeaway from that Thunder game. Oh, the fact that we lost, which is not inexcusable, but close to it. But that heart injury has me worried. Definitely. I, the other biggest takeaway for me is that Luke Kennard had his best offensive performance of yes, the year. Yes, season high. He, he was great. So we will talk about that more in the Luke Kennard progress report. But let's dig in mm-hmm. to uh, Monday's matchup against the Spurs. Uh, lead us in. Where, where are we at on the injury report? It's so, it's very much in the air. So we're recording this before the injury reports come out. Honestly, it'll probably come out in the middle of us recording this. Um, we have to assume Hartenstein is dealing with an ankle thing. He was showing kind of some pain, you know, responses in that game against OKC. But Toom seemed good to go. Yeah. Versus Oklahoma, which was great. PG didn't play. Not really sure of his status. And then Reggie is just consistently banged up. So... I wouldn't be surprised if we see Hartenstein on there. Um, Batum seems fine. I think we need PG to play. Yeah. To win this game. We got to win this game. Like, yeah, no Hart, no Morris. No, I mean, like... That'd be big to lose those two guys. Um, yeah. But no matter who is out there for the Clippers, what do the Clippers need to do well in this one? 
Uh, well, it's it's interesting. They did a really good job on the glass last time against yes. the Spurs, and you Oof. are a big stickler for this. Do you have you been marking down every time the Clippers actually beat a team in rebounds? I actually haven't been doing this because I thought about it, and it just made me discouraged. Because I was going to track Zoo's t- like winning tips too, but <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't. Because you look wow. at a game like against the Thunder and you just want to bang your head against the wall Definitely. because we're getting killed by a smaller team on the glass. We just can't get any dominance in the paint. And I just hope we can get some kind of it versus the Spurs again. Yeah, we had a lot of luck last time. Uh, it was a 52 to 41 rebounding advantage in the way of the Clippers. Yeah. Uh, they were playing, though, without their usual big man there uh, up front, uh, Jakob Pertl. Mm-hmm. So this is definitely going to be a harder task, and it gets even harder if we're down one traditional size center. Yes. But we got to continue to be authoritative there. Uh, Zoo had 13 boards in the last matchup oh, against man. the Spurs, which is great. <laughs> Um, and I would think that, you know, zoo is going to be, however you want to look at it, a beneficiary or, or an unfortunate or a necessity. Yeah. Uh, like he's going to see an increase in minutes, uh, if Hart does end up, you know, missing some time. Yeah. So what else do we need to do well in this one, Chuck? We can't give them free points. Um, the Spurs already shoot the second fewest free throw attempts per game in the league. Mm -hmm. We just can't give them an opportunity to do any better than that. With the way this current Clippers team is playing right now, things are a little off. We're going to talk about what could go wrong. But looking at their team, Keldon Johnson averages 3.1 free throw attempts per game. That's number one on the Spurs. 3.1. Number two is three. So there's not even anyone who's like getting a disproportionate amount of their free throw attempts. No one is getting free throw attempts. Yeah. Um, uh, For this team. So... I just, we got to be disciplined. The Clippers only foul 18 times per game, which is like the sixth fewest in the league. So it's not like we're a foul happy team, but we've kind of seen that come in spurts sometimes. Like against the Jazz, they're in the bonus for the majority of at least one quarter. Well, um, and, and, and you would think you might see an increase in fouling with a team that um, has as much success in transition as the Spurs. Yeah, team. for you sure. Know, it, it gets tiring to try and stay in front of those you kind do of that guys. that boring take foul that everyone knows should be outlawed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you can get a little hand happy on defense. Another thing yeah. we got to do well is is just hit hit our threes. I, I think, you know, things have been trending in, in more of the right direction Absolutely. there. Uh, which is why it really hurts to, to have Morris in the health and safety protocols. Luke Kennard has, of course, been great. Uh, but you know, if we have some of our other dynamic scores missing in this one, mm-hmm. you know, notably PG and Morris, uh, we'll need to use some better ball movement to try and yeah. generate some open shots. Um, we shot just 32% under 32% actually, uh, the last time we, we played San Antonio and the Spurs, they do not take threes. Okay? No, they take like, don't they take like the most two point attempts in the league or it's definitely it's top the, three. It's the largest percentage of their, it's right. one of the largest percentage of their shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Spurs uh, attempted only 22 threes the last time we played them. They take the fewest three point attempts in the league mm-hmm. at less, less than 30 a game. Um, you know, Kennard had a great game in OKC, but I, I hope to see him again kind of having a hot night on the road that could really yes. help things out. And if there is no Paul George, Reggie is just really going to have to push through what, whatever it is that he's struggling with, which lot. seems really, it's, really difficult. It seems like it's the quad. It seems like he's just ta- get, getting banged up. Like, yeah. Hope Reggie's good to go. Um, what could go wrong in this one? I want to start with a, a little bit of an uh, ambiguous one. Is it fair to be worried about a deflated vibe? There was some interesting things. Kind of after the, the OKC game, Luke was pretty upset. Yeah. With kind of, he was like, we shouldn't have lost this game. Felt like there, he didn't say this exactly, but there are some allusions to maybe the Thunder kind of being a little more locked in, more effort, those kinds of cliches, if you will. Um, is this just due to fatigue? Or are we seeing a potential kind of 
cloudy vibe before heading into Christmas? Well, so I think that that's not incorrect, but to me, I don't think it's indi- like indicative of issues necessarily with team chemistry. Losing just sucks, and it wears sure. on you. And <laughs> yeah. when you're both five and five in the last ten, it's been up and down. Like yeah, yeah. yeah. So when you you know when you're going five hundred or you know even going on some of these losing streaks where it you know it seems like your your winning days are so far behind you. Yeah, uh, it, it it weighs on you mentally, and and that combined with like very little rest. Um, I, I think is bound to yeah leave sort of a negative. And if you put up twenty seven points, going seven of thirteen from three, you'd probably be kind of frustrated too. Yeah. Um, what else could go wrong in this one? Uh, well, they absolutely demolished us in transition last game. Yes, they very much did. They outscored us twenty three to ten on the fast break. And a big thing here was turnovers. They punished. Yeah. It felt like they punished us on each of our twenty turnovers. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, my thing is. If we can't take advantage of transition opportunities offensively, uh, we need to be a little bit better about defending on the break. Definitely. Uh, on One the guy in particular. Ball. Yes. Uh, yeah, DeJounta Murray is, is that guy who is going to probably kill us in transition again um, and just maybe all over the floor. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he, he killed last time. He finished with 26, 12, and 9. He had three steals. Just great. Um, another thing that could go wrong is like if we're just a little slow to close out, or a little bit too low in that drop coverage that we see a lot uh, with this team on defense. We could give up some pretty easy mid-rangers. Um, and like normally, you know, that's a kind of shot that the Clippers are pretty happy to give up with. Absolutely. On the floor, which, yeah. which, you We've know, seen it, that from the team. It makes sense. The analytics back it up. Of course, it, it makes sense. But this is a mid-heavy team. Um, they are top 10 in the total percentage of their field goals, which are attempted um, in the mid-range. Okay. Um, they shoot uh, on average about like I I can't they shoot like around fourteen to fifteen percent of their total field goals there. Um, they shot an even higher percentage uh, the last time they played the Clippers. Mm-hmm. They went they went fifty percent from the field in the mid range. Okay, uh, yeah. And it's just one of those things we see again and again. Like if you're indecisive, sort of in the drop, or a little bit um, a little bit slow, it, it makes sense that you're trying to block off the drive to the basket. Absolutely. Like that. I mean, yeah. that should be your first instinct. It definitely makes sense. But uh, if you're not really up to challenge um, the offensive player, then they sometimes just waltz right into like a wide, yep. like a wide open. Looks a lot worse for sure. Yeah. And then the Spurs are number two in assists per game as a team. The ball's going to be flying around. So we need to be locked in our defensive situations. With this, whatever might happen with the Kings game on Wednesday, this Spurs game, it's not a must win, but it feels like a, I really damn hope we win this game. Yeah. Um, I think we're looking at another ugly rock fight. The Clippers. Let's do it, man. The Clippers, you know, can pull this one out. Um, it just, they're just going to have to be a little bit more composed than they were last time, especially if there's no Paul George. We need that full 48 of good basketball. Yeah. Um, coming up, we're talking the fresh. You're talking off the bench blood. So how great that's been. What Hartenstein's injury might mean as well as just kind of, I got to give Justice Winslow some props. I've been hard on him. But first, we got to give a shout out to Truebill. Will, do you know why free trials are new without your consent? No, why? It's a business scam out to get you. Oh, no. I know. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subs you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 720 bucks a year with Truebill because company makes subscriptions hard to cancel. Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. 
Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, so now we are talking the freshies. Every single Monday, Charles and I like to talk about the new guys to the squad, what's fresh, what's going on. And one of like a, a refreshing storyline has been the move of Eric Bledsoe to the bench. Yes. Chuck, what have you seen from Bledsoe in, in, this, in this move? He's handled the move to the bench fantastically. That's been a theme with every Clipper since Ty has been on the team, basically. It's like everyone knows the role, which is great. So he adjusted to that well. Um, here's the things he's doing better per 100 possessions off the bench than he was with the starters. More points per game, a better field goal percentage, way better three-point percentage. His assists are almost double per 100 possessions, and he has fewer turnovers. Um, the only thing he isn't really doing well that is a little concerning is the rebounding isn't as good as I kind of would have maybe thought. And I actually think the rebounding could help the starters more than the bench with everyone out. Um, but I mean, it's just been fantastic. Like he looks comfortable with Hartenstein out there. Hartenstein also seems to have good chemistry with every point guard on the team. Like Luke, we already know about Luke Kennard and Isaiah and that connection, but Bled and Hart share the court well together. Well, I think with Hartenstein's sort of vision, it definitely helps him understand the positions to be in to, yeah. to receive an assist. And he's also just a really great finisher. But we'll talk about that in a bit. I would like to focus yeah. a little bit more on Bled. Um, the rebounding thing, you know, with how poor this team is at rebounding, um, you know, you don't want to see a really a decrease from anybody, uh, yes. <laughs> but it makes sense with Hart being on the floor. And sometimes, I mean, more recently Winslow, yeah. uh, if he's playing minutes with Terrence Mann, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, but I, I think a big thing that's helped him has just been, we've been able to move away from this type of your turn, my turn initiation yeah. of the offense. He's that, the guy that, who has the ball. Yeah, that, <laughs> that he and, and Reggie were doing. And that's even with, you know, Ty Lue has kind of jokingly said that Hart is like the other backup point guard for the second yeah. unit. Um, but it's just a little bit more natural of a pairing, which I'm, I'm really glad that's working out because I, you know, Due to Bledsoe's kind of shooting woes, although he has been decent in some games here from three, right. um, you always kind of wonder you know, what the spacing is going to look like with a traditional big and him on the floor, mm -hmm. and how can the offense still kind of function around him. And they have found ways to sort of, within lineups and substitutions, to, to be able to mitigate some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's still just... Look, man, there's no way that it's not going to look bad when it's like <laughs> we're Bledsoe. missing everybody. Yeah. Or if it's Bledsoe, Hart and Winslow on the floor like that. Yeah. You're just not going to have a lot of space. Yeah. Um, and that just kind of is what it is. Although we'll talk about him later. But I have been impressed that um, that Justice has been feeling like empowered to take those yeah. open shots when they are there. Um, yeah. So I, I do think that that's a big thing. Like like you mentioned, like him just being sort of the de facto guy. Um, it makes his role a lot more clear, not just for him, but for everyone on the floor. Yes. Um, which is a huge part, especially when we know that this team isn't necessarily even that deep into the offensive playbook that we know like Tyler like, has or in his whatever pocket. Ty said. Yeah. I think this should give fans a lot of hype for next year, too. Um, this year, yes. as, as we strive forward in whatever the hell we're going to start calling this NBA season as a whole, 
been kind of a nightmare, all things considered. Oh, yeah. Just, again, on the whole, not just for the Clippers. Um, this is a house money year. We've said it before. That's becoming more apparent each week with games getting rescheduled, people being out, all that stuff. This performance from Bled, imagining him with a full-strength bench and stuff like that, like... This should this is fantastic building blocks for next season. Yeah, or even just the versatility of having him as the point guard out there with the starters at mm-hmm. some times if maybe Reggie doesn't have it going offensively. Yeah, or maybe um, he might be out with some injuries that he's been dealing with. Um speaking of injuries, let's talk Hartenstein. Yeah. This feels I'm stressed about this. Yeah. So this ankle injury, I mean, we still don't know the severity of it. Uh, yes. But I think that this could end up being a very big storyline and very big loss for the Clippers. Um, it's going to be a huge detriment to the bench in any games, really, that Hart is going to have to miss. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you pile that in with all the other absences we already expect to have. Um, it's a sprained ankle. Ty Luce said postgame that it's a sprained ankle. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, you know, like Luke said that, like, oh, he's a tough guy. He's going to do whatever it takes to really get back. But I'm like, man, we're in such a rock and a hard place with needing guys to rest up, but also needing these wins. Yes. Like, we're still above the plan despite being close to 500. Um, do we see Surge? Like, what is kind of the plan? So like, we haven't gotten an update on Surge and the health and safety protocol stuff in a while. Uh, right, I, yeah. So I don't know how deep he is in that. But, I mean, is this the thing that would have to happen to get Surge, like, out of DNP hell and back into the lineup? Like, <laughs> I, I would hope I so because we need him. Yeah. Like, and he looked like he was, like, attack. Like, uh, LA Clippers film was posting some great clips before Surge was getting these DNPs. Guys were closing him out on the perimeter, and he was attacking those closeouts. Like, he was showing a lot of good stuff. Um, But, yeah, what is the loss to the Clippers if Hartenstein isn't there? Uh, I mean, it's a pretty large one. Over this, like, three-game stretch since we talked about Hart last week, or I guess I didn't talk about Hart last week. uh, (laughs) You son of a bitch. (laughs) uh, Hart's played 20 or more minutes over those three three games. Although, Mm -hmm. I mean... It was only 19 minutes, but I'm gonna round. We'll I'm gonna it. round her Look, up to 20. These uh, days, that's 20 versus OKC, and he's had positive uh, contributions in terms of like you know net plus minus in in all those games w- except for one, and that one came in the loss to the Jazz. So yeah. once again, it depends on how much you really want to read into you know his personal contribution to that <laughs> loss. Sure. I think there were a lot of other factors at play, uh, you know, but he <laughs> is kind of he has the Terrence thing right where like he brings a level of chaos to yeah, the floor. Yeah, smooth chaos. Um, that is really exciting and I think makes on both ends of the floor that second unit really unpredictable. Yeah, uh, mostly for good. Oh, yeah. Oh, mostly for good, for sure. Uh, he's also been hyper-efficient, which, you know, we've needed. This team goes through scoring droughts. That That's still not getting any better. He doesn't better. miss floaters. Uh, he does not. He's been so efficient. He's shot 67% or better uh, over the last week from the field. He's also hit 100% of his free throws over the last Dude, week. We need it. Um, which is great. Look, he still has some defensive and, and rebounding limitations. He's, he's only averaging about five boards um, per game. But as we talked about on this podcast before, it's sometimes like the zoo thing where he's sealing people off which gives another Clipper the opportunity to grab a rebound. Or, you know, we're just missing them because we're not that great of a rebounding team. (laughs) Yeah, so opponents have almost a 30% offensive rebounding rate when Hartenstein is on the floor, which is worst on the team um, among players kind of in that that minute threshold. Shout out to Justin Russo for that stat. So the rebounding limitations and the fouls are really the only issue, which is difficult 
Foul's not as big of an issue because we don't foul as much as a team. So it's not like he's contributing to a, a problem, really. But the rebounding thing, I'm like, this is actually like, this is tough because we're getting beat by lottery teams who are actively trying to lose. Definitely. Because of rebounds. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, but his passing and finishing abilities have been great. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he recorded seven assists in that game versus Phoenix. Which, and they're all... You know, they for all a center, I mean, that's like almost Jokic numbers. Yeah. So that's pretty... <laughs> it, it will be a very huge detriment to this team uh, and kind of just an unforeseen one to me because we knew... Of course. Uh, the very good point. I mean, like, we knew coming into the season, Paul George was probably going to rest some games. It was going to have to happen. He Literally was, had he to, just, yeah. just had to do too much stuff. Um, you know, I figured Morris would probably miss some games. I didn't think as many as he did, but yeah. I, I kind of figured that. But Toom, you know, the company line coming into the season was they were going to try to find some more time mm-hmm. uh, to allow him to, you know, get some rest and kind of get right. Yeah. Um, but, I, I mean, I A, didn't expect Hart to be such a big impact as he's been since he's been on this team. Yeah. And B, you know, I, I was not expecting for him to really be missing time. And what, you know, TBD on what that's going to look like. Let's hope he can get back. I have a feeling he plays. Just maybe kind of out of desperation, but we'll see. Shout out uh, Hartenstein. And then just checking in on Justice Winslow, who I have been a little harsh on this season. Um, he's been playing pretty well these last three games. Um, 19 minutes per game. Five points, four boards, one assist. He's a minus three overall. Those points are double his season average, which is great. And we talked about it off top. He had nine points and nine boards on 57% shooting versus the Thunder. He played well versus the Thunder. Yeah. Those two missed free throws. They hurt. They hurt. He should have cashed in on at least one of those. I'm not going to pretend like that's not a thing. But again, in a situation where we know that a foul is coming, why is Justice Winslow on the floor? Yeah, you also got to got to imagine the level of fatigue from you know getting He's gone up and getting, down. Yeah, the and time. Like, yeah, like getting DNPs to playing 19 minutes per game. I mean, it, yeah, you know, you're, you're gonna feel it in the legs, and that's you know, it, it's ultimately gonna affect free throws, of course. Yeah, um, it, which is a bummer, but it's good to see him kind of moving overall in a direction that is better than. I mean, like I I was we were down on him. Yeah, down, yeah, down. Let us know what you think about the new guys over at Locked On Clips. Coming up, we're going to be talking to Luke Kennard, Progress Report, and Terrence Mann, Vorp Watch. But first, Will, talk to me about these Built Bars. All right. You know we talk about Built Bars all the time on this podcast. It's the best tasting protein bar on the market. But did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? Oh. It's, it's really cool. When what? you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're really passionate about their favorites. You know, you can really chop it up, get into it. If you don't know all the Built Bar flavors, you're missing out. They got coconut, cherry, bar sear, raspberry, mint, brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. Ooh, yummy. You want to know what my favorite flavor is? I could guess, but what is it? German chocolate. Oh, of course. (laughs) Uh, If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. We will get two of each of the nine flavors. Look, not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy, too. Check out these macros. Each bar has 17 to 18 grams of protein. They got calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. You gotta love it. Built Bar is also the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty neat. And right now, we have a very special offer for our listeners. If you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com. Now that we're satiated, Let's say we get a wild idea to maybe, I don't know, spend, uh, spend some money on betting online. Where can we do that? Well, you should check out betonline.ag. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Basketball season, 
we're going full sprint towards whatever ending is coming, but the games are still going on. You can still get some bets in. I would probably take the total points on the under for most of these matchups coming up. Um, don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their run to just trying to get through the season quasi healthy. You can get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the NBA, NHL, and your UFC MMA action. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, so we're back. And our other Monday segments we always bring you are the Luke Kennard Progress Report and yes. Terrence Mann's VORP Watch. Yeah. Charles, what is VORP? VORP is the value uh, over replacement player which it's a bit of a wonky stat. Um, you want the higher, you know, the higher the number, the better. It's yeah. cumulative over the whole season. Um, it's just something to let you know. It overvalues steals a little bit, but it's a way for us to discuss Terrence Mann. Yeah, it's a little bit of Basically. a baseline comparison against, yes. you know, what just a league average sort of replacement player would be. Yes. Um, Terrence is currently sitting at 0.1 VORP. No change over the last three weeks. He's been stuck there. And I think this is because of consistency. We're not going to, we don't usually dive in very much into the actual stat on this. This is just so we can talk Terrence Mann. Um, since the last Terrence Mann VORP watch, he had 17-9-3 and three versus the Suns. Great. Which we just won. A great game. 70% shooting. All the good Terrence stuff. He played 28 minutes versus the Jazz and went one of four, grabbed five boards. Tough go there. We obviously lost to the Jazz. He was like minus 28. Pretty solid versus the Thunder. 18-7-3. and three on 50% shooting, and he got to the line for seven free throw attempts. That's, which is wild. That's why that stat line against OKC is the most encouraging to me. That, that Suns one is great, but him getting to the line shows that he's being aggressive yes. and going downhill. Consistency has been his biggest issue. Timidness, and not timidness, decision-making has been an uh, it, issue. Yeah, there's, he gets a little indecisive sometimes with the ball in his hands. And it feels like... Sometimes it seems like other guys are second guessing if they should give Terrence the ball because you you don't know what's gonna happen a lot of the time. Like it, Terrence is kind of like Zoo, where you know if he has it a little bit early. Yeah, like in the game, you see a couple possessions, you know if he's gonna be settled, you know if he's gonna be focused. But like you look at yeah, like these games versus the Suns and these games versus the Thunder, he knows what he's supposed to do. He's committing to his decisions, and it usually results in positive play. Yeah. Totally. Um, what do you think Terrence needs to do? Like, what can lock him into this consistency? Uh, I think it's just being able to find more ways to be effective without the ball in his hands. Yeah. Uh, you know, I do feel like we've been seeing less of his his off ball cuts and stuff, and, and maybe mm -hmm. that's by design, just due to, I, I mean, just how in flux the lineup has been in general, um, and just you know, sort of the lack of of continuity and and offensive playbook. That you know, maybe those opportunities aren't really being drawn up as much for him. Yeah, what percentage of the four percent of the playbook is Terrence? Yeah, is doing Terrence like those baseline cuts. Or, yeah, 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 totally. <laughs> um, so, so that and definitely becoming more consistent on the defensive end of the floor sure. is, is going to be huge. And he's made great strides there. He's made strides every year, but he still, you know, he still makes what are, you would consider to be rookie mistakes, fouling three point shooters, stuff like mm -hmm. that. And you know, he'll. Also, like, have those stretches where he kind of builds up some fouls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that and he needs to be part of the solution to the, this team's problem of uh, offense and transition. The worst transition offense in the league. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at him. I'm looking at Bled. Like, you guys are, you have the skill set to do this. Yeah, this is on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can finish the hard ones. Let's make the easy ones. Let's get into this Luke Kennard uh, progress report. Man. 
he's been lighting it up. Absolutely. This is the best year of his career. Um, this has been the last two weeks in a row on the Luke yeah. Progress Report. Well, break down these last three games since the last Luke Kennard Progress Report. Yeah. So, I mean, he was, you know, very solid in that win versus the Suns. He finished with 16-9 and 4. Uh, <laughs> shot 60% from three, Love which it. is great to see. Uh, he ended his streak against the Jazz mm-hmm. of 15-plus point games. Uh, he went, he had 10-2 and 3. Only shot 33% from deep. Uh, even worse was his overall field goal percentage. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was like four. Wasn't there for goal. anybody that night. Yeah. That, I mean, it's a, it's a tough defense to play. They were definitely out of their element against the Jazz's offense. Mm-hmm. Um, no Paul George. Eh, you know, that's, it's go. a bit of a scheduled loss. Yeah. Uh, and then in that loss versus the Thunder, we talked about it earlier. This was like his best offensive game of the season. Yeah. Um, he finished with 27, 7, and 3. He was just unreal from deep and i'm i'm glad i'm just continually glad that they've figured out how to actually use luke Kennard because yeah, it seems like a pretty simple piece to use but for whatever <laughs> reason the ball <laughs> yeah for whatever reason we weren't really able to get there last year and i talked about it last week but um you know ty lue is convinced that he has luke like he he wants luke shooting more than maybe any coach luke has ever had before hell yeah um so you know that's all those other coaches yeah so that <laughs> like that's great to see and and you know the move to him in the starting lineup has been um really solid and we talk all the time about how you know he's become a better defender oh yeah um, not a good defender but a better Pesky. defender uh and another thing that just stands out from all these stat lines i know i like read a bunch of numbers off to you but uh in that loss to the thunder uh, and the win versus the Suns. I mean, he had seven boards in that loss of the Thunder. We need nine it. boards in that win over the Suns, which is wild for a guy. It's depressing with, that we need him to grab this many boards. Yeah, but I'm happy he's doing it. But like for a six-three <laughs> guard with like a negative wingspan, yeah. that's a. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a feat. We got to get a spreadsheet going of the most rebounds by guards <laughs> under six, under at six-three with a negative wingspan. He's got to be number one in that. He's got to be the GOAT. I think, I mean... The GOAT 6'3", negative wingspan rebounder, Luke Kennard. This improved rebounding was something I started to kind of key in on in the playoffs last year. Yeah. And I would be very surprised if this wasn't something that Pat, Patrick Beverly drilled into him. Yeah, that's a super good call. Um, one thing, a little of concern, and this is through no fault of his own, the minutes load yes. for Kennard has been crazy lately. Hasn't logged less than 29 minutes since December 8th. 39 minutes versus the Thunder, 34 versus the Suns, 36 versus the Magic. Um, and this is obviously due to missing key guys, but tip of the hat, man. Like this is a lot of a lot of minutes, especially compared to what was happening last year. He's checked, he's just done such a great job. Yeah. Overall. And it, I mean, that's one of those things in Monitor, though, because in his time with the Pistons, he did have sort of his own uh injury concerns. Yes. And luckily those haven't really reared their heads for the Clippers yet. Mm-hmm. We'll knock on wood. Sure. Um but you know, it's always it's always there. It's always yeah. lingering. Absolutely. Um anything else in shavings? Now, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. Uh got to get we just, you know, uh rest in peace Draco the ruler. Um we've had to do a couple of these kind of messages um recently and hoping to stop doing that huge loss for the city in just crazy unexpected. Um yeah, it's a tough one. Um, Tuesday's episode, recap of Clippers versus Suns. Excuse me, Clippers versus Spurs. 
Twitter Tuesday. So send those questions into at Locked on Clips. And then, of course, whatever else happens between now and then in Clipperland will. Where can these fantastic people tell their family on Christmas to listen to our podcast? You can tell your family members to listen to us on Christmas on iTunes or the podcast app. We're also on Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify. We're on Stitcher. We're on Deezer. We're on Amazon Music. You can always tell your smart speaker to play Locked on Clippers. It works. It's great. We did mention it up top, but we come at you Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. Pacific. We'd love to have you listen. We absolutely would. I have been positive, Chuck Mockler. And I am William the Opinion Updike. And as always, we appreciate you. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.